Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Do you think that I should contact him again? Help. Help. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Hello and welcome to another mini episode of Dear Prudence. I'm your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Noah Cohen, the co-host of Blowback, a political history podcast, who's also an associate editor at The Drift and a contributing editor at Jewish Currents. And now here's our first letter. Would you like to take the next one then, which is just nice yeah, and Yeah, this one's goofy. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Subject, requesting a lap dance. Dear Prudence, I live in a city where strip clubs are a major tourist draw, especially gay clubs. I have been back for a year after living in a large city on the East Coast and where I still have many friends and acquaintances. Social media has allowed us to casually stay in touch. I have no doubt I'll be visiting them again in the near future when the pandemic is over or that they will come and visit our wonderful city. The problem is that I may have inadvertently given them the wrong impression. I recently posted a picture of the skyline of my city. And this led to a few comments about how we have the best gay strip clubs. One person in particular mentioned looking forward to his next visit. I said I'd once played tour guide for an American friend, and after he insisted on going to the strip clubs, I took him through some of them, and he thanked me by paying for a lap dance, which was great. I deleted the comment a few hours later, realizing that I just implied that I expect them to pay me a lap dance if I were ever to accompany them. These are friends who are more established and have often allowed me to partake in activities with them I couldn't necessarily afford. Prudy, it was my first time ever going to a strip club. I thought I'd just agree with them about how great it was rather than explain that I generally avoid these places despite my love for the party. Should I write a follow-up comment explaining that I didn't mean that I expect them to pay me a lap dance? Should I leave it at that? Um, I... I will say that like a personal rule of thumb that I've always abide, not always, but because, like, you know, it's you make mistakes and that's how you learn these little lessons. But one that I always take is that if you deleted something from the Internet, if you removed something from visibility on the Internet, you almost certainly did something like correct, like like in, in general as like it's like a good practice mm-hmm. and that if somebody is sufficiently hurt or offended by the absence of whatever it is that you removed, they will probably say something to you if it's like a real issue. So like whatever anxiety you're feeling about that, like whatever, you know, like weirdness you're feeling like, ah, should I like say something? Da, 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 da. Like if they're your friends, then don't sweat it. Like I, I, I wouldn't like that component of it. Like I, I, I wouldn't, you know, like, like, like think too hard about now as for the other stuff, I think that there's like, um, with regards to, you know, like the, the income stuff and, and feeling like obligated to your friends. I think that's something that you can chew on a little bit. Well, you can chew on a little bit more. Yeah, I, I I think this letter writer is slightly overthinking this. Um, I, I also think it's fine to take something down if you feel uncomfortable, but it doesn't seem like anyone's reaction to it was like, what the fuck did you just say? So I would say rather than doing a follow-up explanatory comment, just get in touch with that one friend um, who, who mentioned looking forward to the visit and who you posted your comment in response to and just say like, this is probably nothing, but I realized I was telling you an anecdote that I found kind of fun and, and interesting, and I realized kind of made it sound like I was saying I expect you to buy me a lap dance. I don't. If you want to go next time you visit and we're able to do so safely, that'd be, you know, we'll have a good time and maybe we won't go. It's all fine. That is the most that you need to do. You certainly don't need to post an apology to your friends apologizing for having told a story about how one time your friend bought you a lap dance. That's not 
Yeah. Yeah. It's not like everyone read that and was going to be like, Jesus, like this guy's such an asshole. He's telling us all that we're not allowed to visit Houston ever again unless we buy him a lap dance first. And that's just I don't think that's how anyone's going to take it. Um, Although maybe that should be like a social custom that like if like a friend comes to stay with you, like they are obligated, like the, the coin, the you know, like the currency. The only currency I accept as a as a as for my hospitality is a lap dance. If you want to visit my city, you have to give your money to strippers. You don't yes, have to go exactly, to the strip club exactly, if you don't exactly. want to, but you need to give some money to strippers. <laughs> yeah, listen, we don't even have to go to the club. Just like send me send me the screenshot of the Venmo. Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad idea. But that's it. That's all you have to do. You're doing fine. I think you are overthinking this one because we've all been inside for eight months and not able to hang out with our friends, and so we're all just feeling a little messy. But that's it. Oh, this next one. I like that. I was like, you could just go easy on yourself. And then I get to one where I'm like, don't go easy on yourself. But I'm glad that I saved this for you, Noah, because I think that you will be able to say something useful, perhaps, to this landlord. The subject is bad tenant. Dear Prudence, I have a tenant and her daughter that rent a room for me in Yonkers. The county pays half and she is supposed to pay the other half. It's been two months since she has been there. All hell has broken out. The amount of people she has in there and staying with her is crazy. The drug use and broken window already. I should have edited this, I realize. Like, there's clearly just a word missing in this sentence, but for the life of me, I can't figure it out. So just mentally supply it as you're listening to this podcast. I must remind you that her daughter is 13. Well, you didn't actually tell me that in the first place, but fair enough. And smokes weed as well. I reported everything to the county. I basically was told I am on my own. What can I do in this crisis time? So I think like the 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 first like thing that I I, I want to like like stress and that I think is a sort of moral imperative to to anybody who owns property at this time or ha- as tenants, you know, uh, residential tenants, um, don't evict them. Like it's not like I, I mean I think in, in in normal times I think that like eviction is should is is like not like a is wrong. Uh, a, a, it's a it's a bad thing and and you shouldn't do it. And in the in a pandemic and in a situation like this where the government and and like the the like the absence of the state to to take care of people um unfortunately owning problem means that you are now like part of the solution like or at least part of like like the temporary treatment and so like the overarching moral obligation like here that you possess more than anything before this you know crisis time as you call it is that like evicting them i don't think is like a morally acceptable option now having said that like it sounds like that there's some sort of arrangement that you have with like a city government or with the state government. Um, I guess if it's in Yonkers, um, it would be with the Yonkers city um, or, or county. And and if they if they're paying rent, then I imagine that there are like points of contact and people that you should be able to reach out to. And if you're told that you're on your own, then like you know, I, I think you should find out why you're on your own. And like my guess is like it's fucking COVID, like a a ton of people have lost all their income and have nowhere to go. Like there's a reason there's like either eviction moratoriums going on in various cities or like huge pushes for one. So my guess is like if she had moved in and already needed like county assistance to pay her rent, she's probably not paying you because she doesn't have the money. And like before we get to like, well, then where is her 13 year old getting weed? Uh, Let's just go with like either somebody else or like weed doesn't cost as much as rent does. I mean, this is where I will also say that, like, I think that, like, something feels a little bit off here where it's like if there's like a kid, like there's a child uh, here, like, you know, a minor 
and they're in a situation like I'm not taking this like 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 setting aside the smoking weed thing because I don't think that that speaks to anything in particular. Like having like like there's a kid in what you believe is like a bad and dangerous situation with lots of you know like like more dangerous drug use. You know, if if you think that like there is something more dangerous, then like I mean, maybe take it up with them. I will also concede that like you know I I you say that hell is broken out, but you just say that she has a lot of people in there. And if she has a lot of people in there, then perhaps it's because, like, exactly. And if, like, you know, like, what is the drug use? Is it just smoking weed? Because if it's just smoking weed, then, like, I hate to tell you, but that's legal in, like, you know, huge chunks of this country already. And I, I, I think that you're being unreasonable. But if it's, you know, like, they're breaking windows and, like, it's it's becoming a place that is really a dangerous place for this younger person to be, then I think that like, yeah, then, then, then I think that you probably like, quite frankly, have not tried hard enough to get in touch with the necessary local resources, because I don't think that in New York state, there is any county government that if they're told, yeah, there's just a kid in Yonkers living in a place that's like, you know, has like needles or, or whatever, like, like, you know, I, I just have a very hard time believing that there isn't some sort of response that gets triggered, especially if these are people who are already receiving public assistance. These people who are people who receive public assistance have their lives controlled and monitored in very extreme and aggressive ways. And I think that like, it's, there's, you know, the, the, this letter writer, I think, has a bit more work to do. But like, of course, you know, this is a difficult time. Yeah, I'll, I'll, all that I will add to that is uh, if one of your tenants has a broken window, then my guess is as the landlord, it's your responsibility to fix it. So go fix the window. That's your job. Or like, it's not a job, you know, being a landlord's not really a job, but it's the job you've decided to have. Um, fix the window. If she is like having parties and people are violating like COVID protocols, you know, tell your tenant that they have to go. If this is like they have nowhere else to live, I would say have some compassion. If she doesn't have the money and you can't evict her because there's a moratorium on, collect the half from the county that you can. And Also, um, hold on. Sorry, I did want to interrupt because I think that there is something like uh, that is also like worth paying, like worth pointing out here before we just like get that far, which is that like this woman has a guaranteed like there are many people right now where there's a moratorium on eviction because they are unable to pay all their rent. This landlord has nothing to complain about. The county is guaranteeing half of this rent. Yeah, like, that's already, a pretty good deal. Like I, I actually like. I'm sorry to inter- like to interrupt what you were saying there, but that that just felt like a fairly like something that just occurred to me and feels very like a significant piece of this. Like like you are being paid by the government to like provide a service and like it can be uncomfortable and it sucks, but like you own, you own property, you own housing, which right, is a scarce resource. You're making money off of the fact that you have property and other like, people like, don't. Like so. we live in a society where we have made housing a scarce resource. There are people who don't have it and like you own it, you have it to give out. That is the, like the dictionary definition of like privilege. All right. I'm going to interrupt you right back and just wrap this up, which is just that, yeah, you're getting half the rent, which is better than you're going to get from a lot of tenants right now. Times are crazy, and uh, I, I don't think you're going to find a lot of people who are just like, yes, I can give you tons and tons of money right now. Um, fix the window. That's on you. Talk to your tenant if she has too many people over. I'm not surprised the county told you we can't do anything about a 13-year-old smoking weed because that's just not really the remit of county government. That just that doesn't happen. You're not going to get somebody coming out from county who's like, yep, we're going to get this kid off weed. Like, let that one go. And if you need more resources, it's homes.westchestergov.com slash tenants 
slash eviction dash prevention. And it lists a lot of local Yonkers area uh, organizations that can sometimes offer limited one time only assistance with back rent and utilities. And they might be able to help your tenant. And beyond that, I would encourage you to find a different line of work, by which I mean like a line of work, because again, really want to stress owning property is not a job. It's an advantage. Noah, would you read our next letter? Yes. Um, sorry, you did wind me up for that one. I did. I did. I, I, I wanted you. I wanted Noah at full, full Noah speed. Um, subject, family finance drama. Dear Prudence, a few years ago, I decided to start a catering side business. I lived in a small apartment and my tiny kitchen wasn't big enough. I talked to my parents who had been considering redoing their kitchen. They hadn't saved up enough money, so I told them I would put up about a third of the money if they would let me use it for catering cooking. They agreed, and things were going well. This year, my parents have been struggling financially, not because of the coronavirus, they're retired, but because of long-standing mismanagement. Long story short, my mom did not tell her family that I gave them money for part of the kitchen remodel. They blame me, they being the, her family, they blame me for my parents' financial problem. In the middle of the pandemic, I lost my job and I've barely been able to make ends meet with my catering. My mother's family keeps texting me trying to shame me for, quote, pressuring them into updating the kitchen, unquote, and for continuing to run my business out of that kitchen without helping my parents. I've never had a great relationship with them, but they've said some really nasty things over the past few months. I'm done with them. Either I ghost or block them, or I tell them outright that I no longer want a relationship with them. The first would be easier, but they would probably find a way to get in contact with me still. The second option is a nuclear one, which I will never be able to recover from, and it would cause a great deal of stress to my mother, who would probably try to unload all that on me when I was baking in the kitchen. I'm also not sure if the second option would make my aunt stop contacting me or make them so mad they get worse. Do you have any advice on what to do? Is there another option I'm not thinking of? Whatever the option is, I absolutely have to have access to my parents' kitchen, at least through the holidays. That last one is like, okay, well, my hands are really tied. Like, uh, you got to keep the kitchen. So I think that really limits your ability to say to your relatives, by the way, I paid for half the remodel, fuck off. Because based on this letter, I think if you said that, your your parents might say, you can't use our kitchen anymore. Yeah. I also think that like there's like I'm not totally sure about like a certain piece of like a like um causation here or maybe it's a bit lost in translation. So because your mom didn't tell her family that like you put up the money, I, like my my understanding is that your your family then your your mom's family believes that you incentivized your parents like you pushed them to do this thing which they you know wouldn't have done without you which is sort of, you know sort of technically true but it was a thing that they wanted to do mm -hmm. so it seems like you know that there's sort of like a really big question over there about what your parents role is in this and that like your parents have maybe some obligation to mediate this and 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 i'm kind of and, and i would i guess you know i'm kind of curious what you think danny about that just because it feels like they're sort of the people in the middle here who you know, probably hold a few more of the cards. Yeah. I mean, I'll start with at some point, maybe when you're in a slightly less uh, crisis uh, mode, it will be useful to look back and reflect like, okay, if I had it to do over again, would I want to invest my money with my parents who I know are terrible at handling finances um, to remodel their kitchen or you know, would finding another line of work have been a better option for me? Because this seems to have gone very badly. And I think you probably could have foreseen the ways in which this was going to go badly. 
um, had you given it a little bit more thought. So I don't I don't say that to be like, this is all your fault. You know, you made your bad lie in it, but don't go into business with your parents again. Um, and in the future, if there's a line of work where you're like, I'm going to make a lot of money, but first I'm going to need to spend tens of thousands of dollars. Often all that is guaranteed is that you spend tens of thousands of dollars. So, you know, bear that one in mind. That's enough uh, of that. I don't want to be too hard on this letter writer. So I'll just say, if your goal is just, I got to keep using this kitchen through the holidays, don't say shit. Send your, put your aunt's texts to mute. Um, put them to do not disturb. Do not look at them. Ignore them. Go cook at your parents' house. Do it all. Get it out of the way. Once you have done that, I, I would say then the first move would be to talk to your mother and father and say like, this has been really difficult for me. Um, the way I see it, I have two options. One is I can be honest with my aunts about the financial arrangement that we all went into together and then tell them to back off. Or, you know, I can just stop talking to them entirely. I don't see another way out. You know, I, I'd like to tell them what happened, not because I want to throw you under the bus or get you in trouble with your siblings, um, but because they are laboring under a misapprehension and I would like to correct them. And if your parents are just like, no, 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 we want to keep it a secret forever. We can't let anyone know you gave us the money. That's that's challenging. You will be at an impasse. Um, but if on the other hand, they say like, oh, good point. Don't know why we didn't think of that sooner. Maybe you'll at least be able to put that one to rest. Although I doubt that your aunts are going to completely let up. But then at least you'll know like how your parents are going to react. And you can either figure like, all right, maybe I can keep this cooking relationship going for another six months. Or you'll just have to say like, it is not worth any amount of, you know, whatever whatever using their kitchen is getting me, it's no longer worth it. Do you know what I mean? Yep, I agree. I think that that's, I think that that is the correct take. Yeah. And yeah, just in, in the future, your goal should be to, to make money far away from your parents because, you know, why would you want to go into business with somebody you think handles money badly? Um, don't do that, especially if they're related to you. That's just a bad idea. That's our mini episode of Dear Prudence for this week. Our producer is Phil Circus. Our theme music was composed by Robin Hilton. As always, if you want me to answer your question, call me and leave a message at 401-371-DEAR. That's 3327, and you might hear your answer on an episode of the show. You don't have to use your real name or location. And at your request, we can even alter the sound of your voice. Keep it short. 30 seconds, a minute tops. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. 